0: Hello Valley family, we are kicking off a brand new series today called Frequency. We're going to be talking about over the next few weeks here in October about hearing God's voice. Uh, next week, though, we have a special guest that's going to be joining us part of our whole uh, Connexus weekend, uh, really. And that's Michael Bolton, not the singer, uh, but but actually Michael Bolton, my friend, uh, pastored in Canada for a number of years and, and really is a business leader today. And uh, he's going to be our guest speaker next weekend And Speaking of Conexus, I want to just uh, invite everybody to our Conexus conference, October 11th and 12th, right here at our Hopewell campus. Uh, Friday night is free. That's kind of your free test drive, a preview. Then we have an after party, but we do need you to register for that. Uh, Austin Flores, Flores Food Trucks, making us some fantastic food. We want to make sure there's enough to go around, so check it out on Friday night. Uh, And then the 12th uh, is is. In the morning, all the way to about 3, 4 o'clock. And uh, if you had to pay to hear any one of these speakers speak one time, it'd probably cost you about $500. And uh, actually, the cost is only $100 it was going to go up. But I, I just don't want costs to prohibit anybody from coming. So we've extended that all the way through Thursday. October the 10th is $100. And that gives you also lunch included on Saturday, so consider joining us for that. You can check out uh, on our Connexus website, connexusleaders.cc, all the information there, Uh, and we're just thrilled that, that so many great business leaders, marketplace ministers, business leaders really are going to be joining us uh, and uh, I'm not speaking at all. I'm just kind of MC and letting them do all the heavy lifting. So join us for Connexus October 11th through 12th. Go ahead and sign up for that today. Big shout out to our Poughkeepsie Valley family. We love you guys and uh, those that are gathering in Regal Cinemas and maybe you're gathering somewhere around the country uh, or, or even around the world. I know many in our military actually join us on the online campus. We're so thrilled to be able to uh, Uh, give opportunity for those who can't make it here physically to either Poughkeepsie or Hopewell one of our gatherings to, to be able to join us online I know I heard it even this week from someone I ran into it's just not the same online campus but it is something it's it's uh, uh, an opportunity some flexibility that we give to those that can't make it a lot of a lot of folks you know I heard one time a third of the American workforce works on weekends it's impossible for them to make it so that's why we have our online campus as well that shows Monday through Thursday as well but I uh, want to jump into the message right now if you have your Valley app go ahead and open that up I think you're going to want to follow along uh, with the notes. We're going to be looking at uh, really about preparation. This message is all about preparing to hear God's voice. And as we're talking about preparation, you know, it just reminds me, think about this for just a minute, folks. Uh, We have 90 days left in this decade. Roughly 90 days left in this decade. And uh, I, I really feel like this is kind of a preparation time right now. Even our last series, What's Next? This series, Frequency, uh, in November we've got a special series that we're working on as well. And, and even our Christmas series, uh, preparing us for this next decade. And it's been an incredible decade. Just to give you a little idea of where we've come from as a church. In the last 10 years, uh, in 2009, I looked this up, kind of crazy, 2009, Valley Christian Church averaged 346 people weekly in attendance, 346. Currently, we're averaging over 1,000 a week 10 years later which is really phenomenal. Right now, we're 15% growth over where we were in attendance last year. And I heard this statistic this week. I was doing some reading. It used to be 50%, but now church uh, consultants, experts say 80% of churches in America are plateaued or declining, 80%. And I, I'm thankful that's not us. That's not a, here at Valley. In fact, we're, we're setting a record. You know, this is going to be like a record uh, growth year for us, 15%, pretty gaudy numbers. But I, at the same time, I feel like we ain't seen nothing yet. The best is yet to come, and we're in a season of real preparation, and, and I know behind the scenes as a staff, we're really doing a lot of things in preparation as well. And, and so this series, I thought, what is one of the best things I could do, ways that I could serve the Valley family in preparation for all that, that God is doing and what He wants to do? And, and I think one of the big things is that we can hear God's voice real clearly. And one of the most amazing things about the Scripture is this, that uh, God has always spoken and He still speaks today. He he has never stopped speaking. He still speaks today. In fact, when you think about the Bible, the third verse in the whole Bible in Genesis says, and God said, God spoke. And then fast forward to the last book of the Bible, in Revelation, the New Testament, seven times it says that he who has an ear hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. And so in Genesis, God's speaking. In Revelation, God is speaking. And so it's really important that we learn how to hear the voice of God and prepare for that. And uh, in John chapter 10, Jesus put it this way. He gave this analogy of being a shepherd, speaking to the sheep. Uh, and he said, the gatekeeper, he's speaking of himself, opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He's, this analogy, he's saying, in essence, he's the shepherd, and, and we're the sheep. The sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. And when he has brought out all of his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice voice. Isn't that beautiful? Jesus has gone ahead of you. He's going ahead of me as well. And he wants to lead us and direct us, not from behind, but from in front. But we have to follow his voice. Follow his voice. It's so important. And it goes on and it says, but they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. And I've heard it actually said before that, that sheep, you can have Two different shepherds, two different flock, if you will, of, of actual sheep. And they can actually merge together on a road and, and blend together all the, the two different flocks. And as the shepherds then divide and go different ways, all they literally the sh- shepherd just has to make a sound like, <clears throat> and his sheep will actually follow him without him even saying anything. They know the tone of his voice so well that they will actually split apart from the other flock and follow the right shepherd even when they've been blended together. Jesus says, listen, my sheep, they're not going to follow a stranger. And they'll run away because they don't recognize a stranger's voice. But we're supposed to recognize his voice, the voice of our good shepherd, Jesus. In Proverbs chapter 3, verse 6, the Bible says, listen for God's voice in everything you do. Everywhere you go, he's the one that will keep you on track. Listen to his voice. He's the one that will keep you on track. And so it's very real. God wants to speak. Maybe I said that wrong. Not God wants to. God is speaking to you, and God is speaking to me all the time. All the time. The big question is, are we hearing him? Are we listening to what he's saying? And so this whole message is is about preparing to hear. You and I need to prepare to hear God's voice. Because here's the thing, God doesn't have a speaking problem, you and I have a hearing problem. God doesn't have a speaking problem, he is speaking, he's speaking right now. It's not my voice, his voice is speaking to you in your heart. He's speaking right now, God doesn't have a speaking problem, you and I, we have a hearing problem. So what I want to do is look at a a parable uh, that Jesus taught about really his word, and listening to his word. And listening to his voice. And, and, and let me give you kind of the punchline. And then we're going to just read this and unpack it. Real simple message today about preparing to hear. In Luke chapter 8, verse 8, Jesus says, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. In other words, he who's listening. All of us have ears. But, but he who has ears to hear. Not just he who has you know, physical ears. He who's listening. Let him hear. And so that's kind of the punchline in this parable. The parable is a story that Jesus made up uh, to illustrate kingdom truth, kingdom reality, real truth. And and let's look at it, and then we'll unpack it. Luke chapter 8, verse 5 through 8. And it says, A farmer went out to sow seed, and as he was scattering the seed, some fell on a path. And so he's got this seed, and he's just sprinkling the seed everywhere. The farmer is. Some fell on a path and it was trampled on, and the birds ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground. That's the second kind of surface, if you will. And when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Jesus goes on and he says, Other seed fell on thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still, other seed fell on good soil. And it came up and it yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. And when he said this, he called out, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. That's that punchline we just, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. So he's talking about, Jesus is talking about four different types of soil. Now think about it just a minute, if I had sunflower uh, seeds right now, and I dropped them on this stage. Guess what? A year from now, you could come back, and if uh, you know our, our maintenance folks didn't clean it up, th- that seed would still be here, and there'd be no sunflowers. Because the problem's not the seed, is it? The problem's the surface, or the soil, if you will. A- and Jesus is saying, "Listen, there's no problem. There's no shortage of God speaking. The problem is who's listening. Are you listening?" Are are you listening to the voice of God today, yesterday? Because he's speaking. He's speaking all the time. And one of the most interesting things, I think coolest things about this this parable that Jesus tells, a lot of times he would just tell a parable like that and he'd just walk away. But this one he actually interprets uh, for his disciples. And, and, And look at what it says. Luke chapter 8, verse 11, he begins to interpret it, and he says, this is the meaning of the parable. Now, don't miss this. The seed is the word of God. Now, now, don't make a, a tragic mistake here and totally miss what Jesus is talking about. Really, I've heard many people say, the seed is the Bible. That's not what he said. Don't, don't put words in Jesus' mouth. He did not say, the seed is the Bible, because they didn't have the Bible. You and I have the Bible and so we read Jesus' words like it's the 21st century. It wasn't the 21st century. This is the first century. He says the meaning of the the seed is what? The spoken word of God. It's what God is speaking. It's his words. It's not the, the written word of God. It's the spoken word of God. The spoken word of God. And so he's literally talking about Remember this one time Jesus said it this way, man shall not live by bread alone, what? But by every word that's spoken from the mouth of God. He's not talking about the Bible. He's talking about God speaking to us today, right where we are, right in our hearts, directing and guiding us. And and so don't make that mistake of thinking, word of God is this. And that's not to minimize this. They had the Old Testament, but they didn't have it readily available to them. He's talking about God speaking directly to people and us listening and hearing what he's saying. And and so it's the voice of God. And, And Jesus is teaching, and he talks about, could I put it this way, four different surfaces or four different conditions of the human heart. Four different conditions of the human heart that every one of us is one of these four. Even if you're here today and uh, you're a first-time guest with us at Regal Cinemas at Poughkeepsie Campus, uh, you know what? First of all, welcome. We're so glad you're with us. Uh, We prepared for you. There have been folks that have been setting up for hours just making a place for you to come, you and your family and your friends. And and so thank you for being our guest today. Uh, But you know, every one of us, whether you're a guest or you're a long-time Christian, every one of us. Can be seen in one of these four conditions of our heart or kinds of heart. What's the first one Jesus talks about? Well, I call this the polluted heart. The polluted heart. Let, let's unpack it and look at it again. The polluted heart. Luke chapter 8, verse 12. And Jesus says, Those along the path are those who hear, listen, they hear. We, we hear it like in church or something like that. We hear God's voice, uh, we, we hear the preaching. And the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. And so there's the, this happens all the time that we hear, but there's so many other stuff going on that, that we feel God speaking to us. We, we feel, we sense something's going on in our hearts, but then at the end of the service, we say, God bless you, amen. We walk out and there's so many other things going on polluting our hearts that we forget that God, we were actually experiencing God's presence and he was speaking to us. And the devil just steals that seed of God's voice in our hearts hearts, and it does not lead to us believing and being saved. It happened 2,000 years ago. It happened people heard Jesus' words, and this is exactly what was happening. And it's exactly what happens today, and it's exactly what happened even in Jesus' time as well. And so, really important that, you know, what what pollutes our hearts? Well, I think there's two things, really, that pollute our heart. The, The first is things that we do to ourselves, Decisions that we've made and, 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 and then we're living the consequences of those decisions. And, and we hurt ourselves, we hurt our own heart. And, and it's just like a, you know, like the pipes in your house. If you have some calcium in the water and, and that calcium builds up and builds up and builds up and it begins to constrict the flow of that water, that, that's what the hurts from our own decisions and our own actions, They begin to kind of choke out. The polluted heart begin to choke out our ability to hear God's voice clearly. And and so for many of us, it's the things that we've done to ourselves. But but the second thing that, that kind of pollutes our hearts are what others have done to us. Pain, hurt, brokenhearted. It all pollutes our hearts. And the one thing that cleans out our hearts is that good Bible word, repentance. Repentance, of God, forgive me for what I've done. God, forgive me for the bitterness I've had because of what others have done to me. And it cleans out our hearts. And we can really hear. In James chapter 1, verse 21, the Bible says, So get rid of all filth and evil in your lives. Watch this, how the, the correlation between polluted heart and our ability to hear. Get rid of all filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the message of God. Humbly accept what God's saying to you. Get rid of filth and evil. Accept the message that God has planted in your hearts. Isn't that interested? There it is, seed planted, that, that agricultural analogy. The the message of God has planted in your hearts, for it has the power to save your souls. So number one is the the polluted heart, and, and again the Bible word for this: how do we get rid of filth and evil? It is repent, and 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 I'm you know I don't mean maybe in your church experience someone's like repent, you evildoers, you wicked, no good, depraved. You know that's not me, and I don't see that in the Bible. It's not Jesus either. Repent actually is a beautiful word. It simply means this. Turn around. If if, if we're going in this direction and we're doing, and we're thinking, and our behavior is something that's contrary to God, repentance means turn around. Go back in the opposite direction. And that's a beautiful thing. And that's where all that filth, all that bitterness... All that pain, all, all the evil that we've done, and the evil that's been done to us, whew, God just washes it out of us. Makes us whole. And we can hear. And we can hear his voice. So first is the polluted heart. The second is the what I call the distracted heart. The distracted heart. Jesus goes on and he's again, he's interpreting, he's explaining to his disciples, what this parable really means. And I'm so glad that he did, because I think if he didn't, <laughs> there would be all kinds of just absolutely ridiculous interpretations of what he was talking about. And I think that's one of the reasons why Jesus didn't always interpret his parables, but on this one, he's like, you know what? <laughs> those, those, those human beings, they're going to they're just so twist up my words, I'm going to make it really, really clear what I'm talking about. Look at what he says in Luke chapter 8, talking about the distracted heart. Luke chapter 8, verse 13. The rocky soil, this is the seed that's on the rocky surface, represents those who hear the message with joy. They're like, "Woo, yes, Lord, I hear what you're saying. I hear you speaking to me. But like young plants in such soil, their roots don't go down very deep. They're not rooted They believe for a while, but they wilt, watch this, when the hot winds of testing blow. See, every one of us is going to be tested. God is always testing us. He doesn't tempt us, but he does test us to see what we're really made of. How much are we actually growing? And there's going to be hot winds in life. Listen, whether you love Jesus or not, you're going to have difficulty in life. You know, you love Jesus, he's your Savior and Lord, guess what? You're going to have difficulty in life. You, you, you think Jesus is a fraud and a joke, guess what? You're going to have difficulty in your life. Oh, and by the way, it's probably going to be more difficult because you don't have Jesus' help to get through it. But, but it, the Bible says it rains on the just and the unjust. It's not like when you receive Christ as your Savior, your life just gets perfect and your bank account gets full and you get 100% healthy and you have no issues. That, that's, not, that's not God's Word. That's not what the Bible says. And if we don't have our roots that go down really, really deep, they believe for a while, but they wilt when the hot winds of testing blow. You know, distractions can even be good things in life, even good things that keep us from really the best that God has for us. In fact, too often, the good keeps us from the great that God has for you and me. What are some good things right now that are keeping you from hearing God's voice? Like, can I just put it this way? Busyness. Just being way too busy. That the margin in our life is so tight, we are just, what I like to say, running and gunning constantly. We have no time to just calm down. And it's very interesting in the Old Testament, God says this way, be still and know that I'm God. For some of us, we have a real hard time being still. That's why we have a hard time hearing. We're distracted. God never gets 100% attention. They're always on our phone. We're always, there thinking about the next thing that's coming, thinking about the last thing that just happened. We never really get still. Be still and know that I'm God. You know, I, I used to do like uh, my morning time devotions on my phone, and uh I don't do it anymore because I found I, I, I'm too distracted. And so I've gone back to, I know this is going to sound crazy, but just an idea, I've actually gone back to, for my daily devotions, <laughs> an actual book with pages in it. Because I, I want to disconnect, or actually before I even connect to anything electronic in the morning, I want to connect with God, the eternal one. And so I, I used to do it on my phone and the app and everything, but then I get all these notifications, and then before you know it, I burnt 45 minutes on Instagram. I, I don't want to be like that. I'm just, I'm just confessing it's good for the soul. I'm just confessing to you the reality of what your pastor struggles with. Maybe you're above that, you don't get distracted, and you can do it on your phone, and God has 100% of your attention. Hey, you're, you're a better follower of Jesus than I am. I'm just being honest about my struggle. And so I've actually gone back to a literal book. And I every night before I go to bed, I sit it downstairs on the couch right where I'm going to come down. Make my coffee, sit down, spend time connecting with God. Because it's just too easy to get distracted. Distraction is too easy. And too often the good, a lot of good stuff, a lot of good things going on that, that can grab my attention. But I don't want the good to keep me from the great that God has for me. And I don't think you want the good of life to rob you from the great that God has for you either. So let me ask you this question. What's the number one thing that's distracting you from Jesus right now? What's the number one thing that's distracting you from hearing God's voice? Day in and day out. It's time to turn down the noise of the world and to hear Jesus speaking to you. And I'll tell you that there's nothing like that in terms of confidence, in terms of clarity, in in terms of just uh, empowerment. When when you hear God speaking to you, this is what I want you to do. Even recently, we were sharing with some friends, uh, her daughter Sophia's home for fall break, and uh, she brought three, four friends with her. uh, and, And so I'm I'm sitting there in my house with seven women at dinner and pray for me it's not easy and uh, and one of the one of Sophie's friends said hey turn to me and and my wife and said tell us about the story about how you guys got together how God brought you together and we were just recounting and and as we were just telling our story just just time after time through it all just remember how clear God spoke to Susie how clear God spoke to me and just, just brought us and, and put us together as a couple. It, it, it wasn't just that, man, I thought she was a knockout. God was speaking to me about her. God was speaking to her about me. And, and speaking to both of us. And we could hear. And, and that just gives us so much confidence. You, you know, and, and now we've been married 29 years. And I'm more in love with her now than I ever have been. And, and, and I think she loves me more than she ever has as well and and it's it's just so how how could i put it? it it's just like an anchor when god speaks to you you know it and it's an anchor and comes times of testing and trial and difficulty yeah i'm talking about marriage everyone's it, it's just really important to know that god spoke to you and remind yourself of what he said we we need to just push all the distractions aside not settle for good but hold out for the great that God has for each and every one of us. And so, the, the first heart is the polluted heart, then the second heart uh, really is the, the distracted heart, and then the third heart is the immature heart. The immature heart. Look at what Jesus says, says, Unpacking that parable, Luke chapter eight verse fourteen, says the seed that fell among weeds stands for those who hear. Now everybody hears, but it's all about the condition of their heart. I want to point that out too. All all four of these hearts, everyone hears the word, but it's all about the condition of the heart. In in fact, maybe this is happening to you. If you've been to Valley, you know, attending for a while, you'll see people sit in front of you, and 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 sometimes like, why does it seem like they're growing, and and I'm not, and 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 we're hearing the same thing. It's not about the seed. It's not about God's word. There's no difference in the word. It's about the surface that it's landing on. It's about the heart. That's why we need to prepare our hearts. And so the seed that fell among the weeds stands for those who hear, but they go on their way. They're choked, watch this, by life's worries, life's riches. Don't let that happen to you. Let the, the, the concern for riches choke out God's Word. We're going to be talking about that in November. Exciting series that, that we're working on right now. Don't let that happen. We want to prepare our hearts to hear God's voice. Life's worries, life's riches and pleasures, and they don't mature. They don't mature. You can, you can come to church every week. Everything we have going on, listen, listen. Listen. But if your heart isn't prepared to hear, you won't grow. That's why this message is so important. And the best way I could serve you as a pastor is to talk about preparing to hear. Preparing to hear God's voice. What are weeds? You know what? You don't have to plant weeds. (laughs) When do weeds come up? Are you ready for this? Think about it just naturally. When do weeds come up? Weeds come up in places we neglect. Weeds pop up in places we neglect. All all it takes is being passive, and you'll get weeds. Just sitting back, and weeds are going to grow. In our backyard, we have a patio and around there. Some friends have helped us through the years just plant some beautiful flowers and some bushes and some trees. And, uh, and, and, And every night after dinner, Susie goes out and she waters those. She just loves doing that. And, uh, and she waters those with the watering can. And you know, one thing I've noticed uh, we've never planted weeds. We plant flowers and you have to tend them and nurture them to grow. We've never planted weeds, but weeds start popping up. So we have to go out there and pull those weeds. It, it, any area that we neglect, weeds will start popping up. And it's just like that with God's word. What are the weeds that choke out God's word? Worry, riches, the pursuit of wealth the pursuit of money above everything else, pleasure, I'm just looking for a good time, I'm just looking for the next great experience, chokes out God's word. And they don't mature. It's like we're on the treadmill of life, but we're going nowhere. The worries, the weeds choke out God's word and, and what is maturing? Well, that's, that's really what we talked about in our last series, about next steps, that God has next steps for every one of us. And, and, and maybe the next step for you in following God's voice and leading is, is water baptism that we have coming up in November, and you're gonna be hearing more about that. You, you saw a little preview of it, actually, in our announcements. Maybe you've never taken that next step, step of faith or that Jesus said of his followers to be baptized. After we make that decision, to follow Jesus Christ on our own, a personal level. No one can make it for me. No one can make it for you. And then we decide to follow Jesus' word, that, that his followers would be baptized. He gave us that example. He gave us that instruction. And just like he decided on his own, mom and dad didn't decide for him, he decided on his own when he was 30 that he wanted to be baptized, that each of us have to make that individual decision for ourselves. Mom and dad can't do it for us to be baptized, following Jesus' instruction, following Jesus' example. Maybe the next step is to, is to get involved with a small group. Maybe it's time for you to lead a group. Maybe it's time for you to, to actually uh, lead a group, a small group here at Valley. In fact, talked to somebody recently, and, and uh, they were saying, uh, you know, as a married couple, they were saying, you know, w- w- we tend to have some, some arguments, some disagreements and all, but since we started leading a group, our marriage has gotten better. And I was like, what? How is that possible? And they're like, well, if it, we, we get to scrapping, but we know our group is coming to our house at 6 o'clock, so we got to get through this, we got to get finished, and we got to get this behind us because we got to lead this group. And like leading a group, best thing ever happened to our marriage. Maybe it's time. Because that's maturity when you realize you can actually end the argument. It can actually be over and it can be done and you can be in the rear view. Maybe it's time for you to do that. Look at this. It's so interesting. Talking about maturity, the immature heart, God wants us to mature and to grow. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 through 2. This is in God's word translation, not the Greg Williamson translation, in case you're wondering that GW there. But look at what it says. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Since we, plural, are surrounded by so many examples of faith, we, plural, must get rid of everything that slows us, plural, down, especially sin that distracts Us, plural, group, we, group, plural, must run the race that lies ahead of us, plural, not singular, group, a bunch of people together, and never give up we, plural, not singular, group, a bunch of Christians together. We must focus on Jesus. Christian maturity is impossible on your own. You'll never be a fully devoted follower of Jesus solo. It's impossible. Look at it, we, we, us, us, we, us, we, us, us. It takes a group. It's so important to be a part of a group. Jesus was a part of a group. And that's why groups, it's not Valley has groups. Valley is a bunch of small groups. That's who we are as a church. When we come together, our groups come together on Sunday. And so it's so important to have people in your life that really, really know who you are and can talk straight to you and can encourage you towards God and in love say, I'm not so sure you're seeing that the right way. Really, really important. And and so if you're interested maybe in even leading a small group, we've got some great training that's coming up, and you want to write this down October the 26th and November the 11th. It's the same training. We call it Regroup. Uh, where where you can actually lead a group, uh, maybe about a hobby or something that you're passionate about, or maybe a study of scripture, whatever it is, come to regroup, find out how we do groups, because we're refreshing them and relaunching them in January. And and I was just so thrilled, we even started a Tuesday night study uh, in 1 Corinthians, a Bible study, and uh, I think we had like 20, 25 people show up first week. In groups, why? You know what they're doing? They, they recognize and they're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, examples, and, and they're getting rid of everything that's slowing them down because they're together in a group and, and especially the sins that distracting them and, and they're running the race that lies ahead of them and when one of them gets tired, then they say, come on, you can do it and, and they help one another instead of solo and we're getting picked off, distracted and we never grow up. We never grow up. Could I just say this as your pastor who loves you? For some of us, it's time to kind of put our big boy pants on and grow up. Men, too many of us acting like Peter Pan. You know, you're you're 40 now and and still acting like you're 17. It's time to grow up. Time to be a man. It's time to, as Paul said, put childish ways behind us. I've had to do that more times than I even want to admit. Just childish stuff, childish hobbies, childish distractions. It's time to grow up. People are dependent on you. Your, your, your wife, your children, they're dependent on you to be stable, to be meant to grow and to lead the family. Put aside the things that are slowing you down. Get in a group. Pick up the pace. And really grow. Because the seed, there's no problem in the seed to produce the fruit that God wants in your life that you really want in your life as well. The problem's our heart. The immature heart. See, maturity comes when we stop making excuses and we start making changes. What change do you need to make right now to grow, to mature in your relationship with Christ? Make the change. That's what mature people do. That's what grown ups do. Grown ups make the changes. Even when it's uncomfortable, make the change. Four different kinds of hearts <laughs> Jesus talks about the polluted heart, the distracted heart, the immature heart, and then the fourth heart, the fourth condition, the prepared heart. The prepared heart. Look at what Jesus says, Luke chapter 8, verse 15. But the seed on good soil, the seed that hits a heart that's prepared to hear, that's prepared to heal, to, to hear, prepared like that that rich, dark soil full of nutrients that, that's just waiting to receive the seed of God's Word. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart prepared heart, open heart, who hear the word, watch this now, they retain it, and by persevering, takes some character, takes follow through, takes keeping your words, following through, they hear the word, they retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. Multiply it over multiplied times over from the seed that they heard. Well, how does that happen? They retain it, persevere, and produce a crop. I think there's three things that we can do today to prepare our hearts. You ready for it? Real quick. The first is this. We already kind of talked about it. Repent. Repent. What does that mean? Repent means, again, it simply means to turn around, turn back to God. Maybe you've heard in this message even, you know, my heart heart is really not the prepared heart. I think my heart is the immature heart. I I think that's polluted. I, I think it's distracted. Repent. God forgive me. Turn around, turn back towards God. And then the second thing is refocus. Refocus on him. Let him be your focus. Let him reorient really your whole life. And you know what's gonna happen at that point? It's gonna get better. You're gonna get better situations and circumstances around you might not change you're going to change when we repent when we refocus on him you know what he does then he revives us then we revive we come alive again and it's like a breath of fresh air and we can hear him clearer than we've ever heard him before I love what it says in the message translation, thinking about this whole idea of repent, refocus, revive. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1, it says, Let us make a clean break with everything that defiles or distracts us. Sounds like condition of some of our hearts. Defiles or distracts us, both within and without. Let us make our entire lives fit and holy temples for the worship of God. So let me just end with this. I don't believe there's anything truer than this. God's voice is heard clearest in a prepared environment. God's voice is heard clearest in a prepared environment. That's why we work so hard as a staff, as our dream teamers, to prepare a place, distraction-free, so that you can hear God's word. But you can't live on just Sunday morning. We need it all the time, every day, hearing God's word. And let me just drop this deep, deep spiritual truth on you right now. Ready for it? You can't grow bananas in the North Pole. (laughs) How about that? Amen, brother. Hallelujah. Let's pray. You can't grow bananas in the North Pole. Why? Because the environment is not prepared to grow bananas, it's not the right environment. That's why it's so important that you and I prepare our heart to have the right environment so that we can hear the seed, we can receive the seed of God's word when he speaks. I'm going to ask right now, would you bow your heads with me? Let's pray. Father, Lord, even as I've been speaking, Lord, I believe that people have been hearing your voice inside, maybe my voice outside. And I don't pretend for a minute that my voice compares to yours. Lord, thank you that, that you speak to us. That you don't have a speaking problem, but, but Lord, for many of us, we realize we've got, a, we've got a hearing problem. And so, Father, I thank you right now that you've given us practical ways that we can really, we can make a clean break with everything in our lives that defile and distract us, both within and without and Lord we can we can grow up and mature as we prepare our heart to hear. Lord even as the this decade is winding down 90 days left Lord. We we believe that you're speaking to us to prepare for the next year and the next decade that you have for us as individuals and as a church family. And so Father, we just receive your grace today that doesn't condemn it doesn't put guilt on us but your Holy Spirit that gently corrects us and convicts us because you want us to be able to hear your direction and which way to go. So God, we receive your grace today, Lord, to really repent, to refocus, and allow your Holy Spirit to revive us that we can hear and not only hear your word, Lord, but act on it and bear fruit for you. Thank you, Father. Right now with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, I want to give you an opportunity, if you've never taken that first step of receiving Christ as your Savior, I want to give you an opportunity to take that step because you've been hearing Him today, probably louder on the inside than you've been hearing me on the outside. The Bible says that if we declare with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised Him from the dead, we will be saved. And so right now with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, I want to invite you, if you've never done it before, to just repeat a prayer with me. Open up your heart to Jesus right now. He loves you. He gave everything for you. That's why he lived a sinless life and he died a sacrificial death as a substitute for you and for me to pay for my personal sins and your personal sins. The proof of that is that he rose again three days later. And so, if you've never prayed before, I just invite you to repeat these words after me, open your heart, and receive Jesus as your Savior and Lord today. Just repeat after me Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. I turn from them today. Jesus, thank you for dying for me. And I ask you now to be my Lord, and be my Savior. Jesus, I ask you to lead me, guide me, direct me from this day forward by your Holy Spirit, and I will follow you. Amen. Amen.